everyone. I'm trying to contain my excitement about today's guest. I'm joined by Belinda, who was a brilliant Aussie actress, and you probably grew up watching her in shows like Pack to the Rafters, McLeod's Daughters, Spirited, Rake, and of course, in recent times, The Great. Thank you so much, Belinda, for joining me today. Pleasure. Thanks for having me, Jen. I wanted to say I had royalty. I mean, that's kind of not a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Fake Russian royalty? (laughs) Yes, that's right. Now, I haven't done much acting, but I was an extra on All Saints, and I believe you started off on All Saints as well. I did. I thought a great way to start is, can you let people who might not be familiar with you, a little bit about how you got into acting? I guess I started doing drama classes when I was about 10, I think. I was a little bit shy and I think I just, I don't know if my mum got me into them to help me with my shyness or whether it was just, you know, one of those after school things that just came about. But um, yeah, I really enjoyed that. And I felt like there was just a place where I could sort of express myself and I had lots of fun doing it. And there was actually a girl at school. Oh, what's her name? I forget her name. But she was in lots of ads on TV and I thought that was so exciting. So cool. Uh, I really wanted to be her. Um, God, I wish I could remember her name. So I, I got into that and I just really enjoyed myself. I had a great drama teacher. Yeah. And then it just became something I loved. I loved doing. So I did it all throughout high school and, you know, all the school plays and studied theatre arts as part of my schooling and HSC. And I started studying architecture, actually. I thought I should do the sort of sensible thing and get myself a proper job. And then I went to Norway for a year. And during that year away, I was an exchange student. And during that time, I really just thought, I just don't think I'm going to be able to forgive myself if I don't give this acting thing a go. It was just sort of nibbling away at my toes. And so when I returned from Norway, I quit architecture and I went straight into doing a BA, my Bachelor of Arts. And then in, I think, my second year, I auditioned for WAPA, the WA Academy of Performing Arts, and I got in. And so I left my BA and I went and did WAPA three years there, which I think at the time was an advanced diploma of performing arts in theatre. And then I graduated and, you know, attempted life as an actor, which mainly involved working as a cinema worker and doing the occasional gig here and there. And so I finished up my BA and I started, I even started studying psychology because I thought, oh, maybe I'll yeah. move into psych. I sort of just dabbled with everything. And and then eventually the acting thing kind of took off. Um, it took a long time to get going. I was doing lots of just bits and pieces here and there, scraping by. And then I did a play called My Name is Rachel Corey with uh, a great director, Shannon Murphy. And that was kind of the beginning of things just kind of becoming a bit more consistent work-wise. And from then on, I never worked a normal job. I just did acting. Yeah, it kind of became much more of a career, I guess. I liked what you said there. You know, it takes quite a long time of many different sort of elements like coming together. Yeah, a lot of it's luck. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. If you're not the person that's lucky... If you're the girl or the guy or the whoever who's not getting the callback and you're not getting the audition or you're not getting your script read, what would you say now in the position that you're into people who might be experiencing those kind of lulls? Yeah, I think it's a weird one, you know, because often 
there's this kind of stigma around doing other things in a kind of a like, well, if you're really an actor, you know, that's all you want to do and you couldn't possibly do anything else. But I've actually found the more that I stepped away from acting and made the rest of my life richer, you know, getting into writing or just I do a lot of like art and craft and, you know, even just joining a choir and just doing things that I, that kind of enrich me creatively. Yeah, I think that really informs I don't know, just you as a person and as a creative person. So you feel less desperate about, you know, the auditions and, you know, you have just sort of a greater sense of balance around it. I mean, I do think it's really, really hard. It's a really, it's just a really tricky um, sort of life navigate being, being an artist. And a lot of your time is spent not doing your art, which is really frustrating. And yeah, I, I mean, I got completely sort of down about it when I was sort of, oh God, I think I was sort of around 30, 28 maybe. Mm-hmm. And I was just sort of looking at my life going, I mean, I call myself an actor, but I barely act, you know, yeah. so much of my life is spent working kind of shitty jobs. I mean, the jobs, you know, themselves were fine, mm. but they always felt very temporary because I yeah. didn't want to commit to an actual different career because I didn't want to give up on the acting thing. Yeah. It's really tricky. I mean, I think I think you are an artist and you feel like that's, you know, you'd have this sort of need to express yourself. It's worth exploring the many different ways you can do that because then you still have some sort of sense that you're making art and, you know, exercising that, those creative muscles. Yeah. Like even if it doesn't go anywhere or no one sees it, I think if that's what shifts your energy, then that's something that you should do. Oh God. Yeah. And there's so many great productions. I did really great fringe fringe productions you know they weren't especially well paid or even paid at all some yeah. of them yeah but they were so great like it's such a there's a real especially in Melbourne actually there's a real hotbed of like creativity oh. in that kind of fringy yeah. space do you think like meeting the right people and having creative partnerships obviously we can talk to that now obviously you are partnered with someone who is very creative but also not just romantically but just with people in general how important do you think it is to find like champions or people that want to do the same type of art that you're doing yeah I mean I think that's it's kind of the whole joy of it yeah and I think not so much even in terms of I mean you need to find like-minded people when you're creating work obviously but I think it's just it just gives you a sense of belonging I mean lots of the graduates from NIDA and WAPA the year I graduated were all friends of mine from Perth yeah and so some some of my happiest kind of memories are a friend of ours had a play and we would all do it. And I happen to be part of this incredibly talented group. Amazing. You know, Toby Schmidt, Jen Hagney, Tim Minchin, yeah. you know, like all these people. And we were all just friends. Actually growing up in Perth was kind of beautiful for that because you really did find your people because you had to, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Perth's kind of great in that that it's quite isolated so you do it is quite small the artistic community there and and it is easier to find your sort of kin so I think it's really important to find people that you click with and that inspire you and you know that you're all on the same page and yeah Yeah. out of that amazing creative ventures can come out of it yeah but I think ultimately everything has to be just everything just has to happen organically I mean I really tried um 
you know, schmoozing around, um, you know, yeah. it's just, company and, it's just you know, employers and I fucking hate it and I can't yeah. do it and yeah. I don't know how to force a connection with someone who I just don't, you know, like trying to go to opening nights and be seen and whatever the fuck that means. I don't even know anymore. And then I just found people I genuinely loved and yeah. thought, well, I'll just hang out with these people and we can make stuff or not, you know. Yeah, that's a great life lesson. And I think at the good old age of 41 something, I'm still kind of learning. It's like I'm trying not to force connections with people and and creatively too. It's like just sometimes you have to let it die, you know. Like I just I spent yeah. a lot of time in New York and I really felt that pressure. I'm 41. What am I doing with my life? If I don't come back with like something concrete, I had so much pressure on myself and I just kind of let that slide and I met three really amazing people in New York who helped me with my short film and I was like they were real and genuine and they became really good friends so like apart from all the art stuff aside I was like that's much more important and it was very reciprocal where I feel like sometimes it can be a little bit like take 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 and like one-upping and I just hate all that kind of stuff like if you're a bit more introverted it's really it can be really tricky I liken it to whenever I'm in my life my life is really enjoyable. And whenever I kind of do that third eye, bird's mm. eye view thing, and I look at my life from the outside, I enter into um, a really weird zone, which is either dominated by ego. So mm. it's like, oh, wow, you're kicking goals. Your life is amazing. <laughs> and then there's this weird pressure to kind of enjoy it. Yeah. Or I look at it and I'm like, well, you haven't done this and you haven't done that. And what's happening yeah. there? And it's it's such a destructive thing and I think mm. one of the reasons I don't read reviews yeah. and I don't sort of engage in that is puts that third eye, it puts this kind of outside perspective on my my performance and that can go one of two ways. It can either be a glowing review in which case it's sort of, you know, feeds my ego and it feels sort of, I mean, I haven't done it for a long time but I imagine it it would just, it would feel great at the time, but then you become pressured to sort of live up to expectation or you're just outside of yourself. Yeah. And then alternatively, it's a shit review and you're outside of yourself critiquing your performance. I mean, I think that's what's so damaging about social media and forces you to uh, move outside your experience and look back at yourself. And I never think that's a good idea, especially for artists, because for me at least, when I'm creating something, I have to be completely in it and I have to shut down that part of my brain that's outside critiquing myself or praising myself, whatever that voice is. That has to be very, very quiet in order for me to do good work. Just focusing really, I mean, it's just, you know, it's a cliche, but really being in the moment and focusing on what you're actually doing is so much more productive not only for your like artistic journey, but also, you know, just for your mental health. It just yeah. keeps you more grounded. And you actually realise, yeah, so what I've turned 40 and I haven't done this or that, I'm actually fucking loving my life. So yeah, like, what's better? <laughs> I'm hoping that I can kind of fuse those two things a little bit better together. Like I'm getting there. It's not fully interconnected yeah. yet, but I feel like it's a, it's a process. But then when you do get success, right, so... I mean, I guess the question is, one, how on earth do you measure success, like, externally, if we were talking about, like, that third eye kind of bird's eye view? It's kind of this weird dance of, like, hang on. So the great, obviously, 
fantastic show all round, like all aspects from costume to makeup to the directing to the right. Like it really encompasses, you know, a great show. But then how then do you as an actor go, hang on, the show's doing really well. Then are you kind of caught up in that momentum? How does that kind of feed into you if you're working on something like that? And then do you feel pressure that the next thing that you have to do, I feel like I would just die in comparison land because you've just done something <laughs> that's so amazing and then you're like, oh, shit, now what are you going to go do? I think it's just about realising that none of that so-called success is anything you can control or even really take responsibility for. I mean, to a certain extent, we can take responsibility for it because I think the writing's extraordinary and I think all of the departments, like you said, costume, hair and makeup, production design, direction like you know all of it dp everything kind of came together in this perfect storm and created this truly kind of unique and fabulous thing i can't take responsibility for that because i didn't hire all those people although i think i think tony can because i think he that's one of his really amazing skills is is finding authentically good creative brilliant people and sort of putting them all together so I think he can claim credit for that. But I guess, yeah, I mean, look, it's a wonderful thing to have a show be well-received and find its place in the world with a really loyal and passionate audience. And that is glorious. Like, uh, that's it must feel wonderful. good, yeah. It feels absolutely incredible and, I, and I'm very grateful for it and I'm yeah. very aware that that doesn't happen very often. But I just think... You just have to follow, oh, it's so cliched. Yeah, you just have to follow your own path. You just have to do what delights you and seek out what you enjoy. And I think if people do that, then success in whatever form does come because it's like, you know, not not to get all woo-woo, but um, (laughs) it really is to me about flow, finding the flow, and you can tell just instinctively when you're in it. Yeah, when you're pushing and against it. When you're pushing against it, it's really, Ooh, really cool. That resistance. And Ooh, yeah. So it is having the courage to abandon things that are pushing against it. And sometimes that's really difficult because there's a lot of pressure on you to go down a certain path or to capitalise on this, that or the other thing. Yeah. And I just think you just know in your gut whether something feels right or not. Lots of other people will be telling you that you might not be right, making the right choice or whatever, but, you know, ultimately you just got to live with yourself and your gut. Yeah. It's best to follow that. I may never be part of anything as successful as The Great was again, and that's kind of okay. I, I'm kind of, I, I feel genuinely kind of at peace for that if that's the case. It's just that's about. That's how it goes, yeah. Yeah, enjoying what you do and some things come together and some things don't and. Yeah. I think also the world's really noisy. Like it's really, really noisy. And I'm really um, orally sensitive and thing. I do feel like the world's really noisy and the world's really busy. And I think um, people's attention because of social media and stuff is really scattered. Very, all of that really interrupts with you being able to listen to yourself and listen to your gut. I think it's so easy to lose it because... Yeah it's so easy to get caught up in all the kind of noise. So for me, it's about quietening that noise, always trying to quieten the noise. That means meditation, getting into nature. Yeah, They're my two big ones. Like they're sort of 
foolproof for me. Well, you're already answering my questions, but we'll, we'll get into that a bit more because I... Sorry. Like, no, no, I love it. I'm like, she's, <laughs> she's telepathic. We're so woo-woo that she's... <laughs> or maybe if we just change the pace for a little bit, if I can put my fangirl pants on. Um, can <laughs> sure. we talk about the great? Just for a little bit, just yeah. a little bit. <laughs> sure. I mean, I don't think my vocabulary is even extensive enough to say what Aunt Elizabeth <laughs> was just so... Like, she was the best character to me since Elaine Bettis, like in Seinfeld, where I actually was laughing out loud at the TV. And it was so nice to laugh out loud. As I feel like I'm so controlled yeah. these days with my emotions and expressing things. And I just let myself really get lost in the absurdity, really, of that TV show. And I feel like we all have a weird relative somewhere in the mix. Crazy aunt. <laughs> yes, um, who means well, like truly means well, but they can be a bit wild and wacky and she's so many things you know she's a dreamer she's a tactician she's a schemer you know she was a mother but I wanted to ask you what is it about her character that you love that perhaps wasn't so obvious to the audience hmm, that's a really good question good I really spent a lot of time thinking of <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing that I will take with me from Aunt Elizabeth well, for me personally, I think she has a great ability to sort of uh, embrace and follow her her senses in um, in quite a selfish kind of way. I don't know that selfish is the right term, but she she's her own person. She doesn't have anyone really, other than I guess Peter's her only remaining you know relative, and so she doesn't have a lot of the wonderful things that I have like children and family and so that gives her a kind of an ability to just sort of sort of just do what she wants but but more than that it's more like she she's very driven by her senses she's a real sort of hedonist so mm. she's really into like sex and orgies and food and it's very tactile um, isn't she like yeah, yeah completely yeah. living on her own terms mm -hmm. according to her desires and her whims I think for me personally that's a really good that aspect of her character is a really nice thing for me to take into my life because I think like you know so many people I can get really caught up in like, you know, making sure the kids are okay and yeah. doing all the fucking boring office admin that kills me and like being very sort of sensible in a way. Yeah. And one of the things I've always liked about being an artist is it gives you this permission to kind of be a bit more reckless and dirty and, yeah. you know. I love it. And sort of really engage in your senses in a really sort of visceral way. She's a bit alter ego to me. Like, you know how sometimes, like, if you were, like, a really heightened version of yourself, yeah. you'd be a bit, like... Yeah, and I think I totally have that in me. Oh, so I, I was going to ask, like, how yeah. much of her in you, is there any channeling of you in her? Please say yes. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> like, we're very we're very similar. But I think, um, That'll make people you know, very there's happy. certain aspects of myself that I kind of, um, you know, just shut down at times, probably appropriately. But I think she's a good reminder to just be like, fuck it, just, you know, do what you yeah. want. Yeah, I think she's very sort of wise. Like you're not expecting it and then she something will pop out. Yes. Like, oh, yeah. 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 Oh. It's really mercurial. So she'll she'll be completely aware with the fairies and then she'll just sort of lock into something yeah. really quite profound. Yeah, I think that, I think her and I have a bit <laughs> in common in that, in that regard, yeah. that I can flick from one mode of 
being to another. I think at our wedding, my husband said, I'm I'm just excited to be marrying the seven best people I've met. And I'm like, <laughs> like which one of... is turning up today? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. All of them. <laughs> well, you kind of touched yeah. on it before, but I was just about to segue into the fact that, you know, creators, we can be so hard on ourselves. And obviously when you're involved in really long shoots or you're sort of doing rewrites or you're doing some painting, you can get really lost in that creative realm you can kind of disassociate. Mm. And I feel like sometimes it's really hard to come back into your earthly existence, like to <laughs> really come back into your body because it's more fun, right? For me, it's more fun pretending I'm a character or thinking up some weird sci-fi script than it is to be like, oh, I have to pay my rates today. Cool. Yeah. How do you bring your body back into balance and back in tune with yourself? I mean, kids are a really good thing that just sort of automatically do that because you're responsible for other human beings in the world and you have to, and I take that job really seriously and I really, I really like, you know, I really love um, being a mum. So I do throw myself into that and that is a really ground, very grounding thing. Uh, and it can also be a really creative space as well if if you have the energy, when you have the energy. Um, so I think that happens. Otherwise, I mean, I guess, you know, before kids, my life was, I guess I would find that kind of, you know, it was between jog- juggling. So you, I'd have a creative space where I'd go off and do things, but then I had to pay the rent. And so, I, you know, there was a, like a job that had to be done. I don't ever get too lost in that sort of creative space that I that I can't sort of quite quickly find my way back. Yeah. What I think is sometimes sad is when you don't give yourself permission or time or space to get into the creative place you spend too much time in the here and now and the paying the bills and all of that rubbish which is you know necessary I think I'm inherently quite a sensible person maybe despite having all these all these competing personalities in me so I think um my challenge is probably to give myself permission and space to uh let go and spend more time in that creative realm rather than the other way around that's a good point, yeah. though, too, is like trying to make light of things, too, like that I'll, because I'm very serious, too. Like I am very, I would say I'm a rule follower, structure, and I like rules. So that's yeah. why, in a way, um, Aunt Elizabeth is such a gift because she's, because she's not. Yeah. She creates oh. rules. And so that's very um, enticing yeah. for me. If you're working with people who perhaps are like really kind of like A list or very prolific or, for whatever different country for whatever reason you feel maybe a little bit inferiority complex or whatever yeah going on I feel like when you work with people who perhaps are at the top of the game or really good they lift you up because it kind of trickles down into everything that does so can you talk a little bit about like maybe if you did experience wow do I deserve to be here kind of that and then the opposite of that like when you've had a great experience like on the great yeah totally um I don't really feel like I have sort of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's really arrogant to say. No, no, um, not at all. But that's I- not to say that's not to say that I think I'm extraordinary and always do good work or anything like that. But I don't really feel what I choose to believe is if I'm in a room with an extraordinary actor mm-hmm. that I should be there. I deserve to be there. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been cast. Great. I I pass that decision making process to someone else <laughs> and I just trust it like I just don't see the point in questioning it 
because it doesn't serve me. So I just sort of shut that down. If ever I have those sort of feelings, I don't really feel like an imposter. What I do feel often is super nervous, uh, excited and scared and in a great way often. When that happens, what do I do? I guess I just try and be present and available and trust that I do know what I'm doing. You know, I, I mean, I prepare really well. I always know my lines. Mm-hmm. I'm not the kind of actor I don't know. I know Olivia Coleman was like this from memory, um, just able to just sort of learn lines on the day. You know what I mean? She's just on a different level, Olivia Coleman. Like, yeah, and I can't do that at all. Like, I, I, I think the main reason I can't do it is I don't have confidence that I could do it. Okay, you know, as in, I would, I would doubt, I would the, doubt my memory. Yeah. So it wouldn't be necessarily that I couldn't remember. It's just that I, I wouldn't feel like I could trust it, and that would sort of throw me. So I do a lot of preparation to make sure that I really know my lines and I know what the scene's about and I understand it all and then um, if I feel like I've done enough work prior to the scene then I can kind of just let it all go and then just be present with the actor as as best as I can on that particular day yeah and try and just sort of I don't know roll with it it's I don't always succeed at it not by a long shot but that's always my intention I guess there also, just on a side note, there are some great TikToks of your character on Aunt Elizabeth. There's some hilarious compilations going around. Um, <laughs> but I, in one of those TikToks, I'm pretty sure I heard both Elle and Nicholas like both saying that like how much they loved working with you and how much they loved your character. And that must be really nice, like, to receive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so in love with every member of that cast. It's the reason that they are all just so extraordinary at what they do mm. in really different ways. And in ways that completely uplift my performance and enrich me as an actor. And so, I mean, it's like a fucking masterclass every day. And not even to embrace, yeah. Not even joking around. I literally go to work and get to, yeah, just get to play with these people who are just so brilliant at what they do. And in really um, different and interesting ways. Mm. Lots of the cast are from theatre backgrounds. Lots of them are child actors, not just Elle and Nick. But also like Adam Godley. Yeah. I think his first gig was when he was six or something. Yeah, just the, the, there's just such a wealth of talent and technique and Mm. different ways of coming, different ways of approaching their characters. Some of the actors are very uh, sort of serving the text, very driven by the text. Other, Other actors are much more sort of instinctual, you know, like there's so much that you can learn from how different people approach the same job essentially. I think that's what I'm really getting from you is that so if you were experiencing the nerves or you were feeling a bit anxious for whatever reason, really just to embrace it and kind of, as you said, take it on as like a a learning lesson and to really kind of soak it all up like a sponge and just, you know, you're going to learn by osmosis really if you're on set with them all day. So Yeah, and I guess I've got, you know, drama school training. Maybe I don't know how much I use that, but maybe I do. I certainly probably rely on the fact that Mm. I've, I've done, you know, I have explored different techniques. Mm-hmm. So I do have a kind of a toolkit if yeah. I need it to go back to. Um, but that you can get the same thing from doing, you know, uh, acting classes 
or reading books or, you know, watching videos or, you know, whatever it is that that appeals to you and is accessible and affordable to you. Mm. Uh, But I think that does help with your confidence in terms of in, yeah, situations where you're like, fuck, how do I even approach this? It really rocks them. So I think, you know, what you said, that'll really benefit. Auditions especially. The best thing, the best advice I got and now I try and use for auditions is just to genuinely, which is, Look, it's hard to um, actually employ this technique if you're feeling a bit like, oh, I just desperately want a job. It is really good to think about the job or the character in terms of like, well, what's my take on this character? Like, what would I bring to this? Like, what do I want to explore? Mm-hmm. And do I really want this job? Like, do I really want to work with these people? And so the audition then becomes more about like, you're auditioning them as well. You know, you're like, do I like working with, you know, if you if you get to have an in-person audition rather than, mm. you know, doing a self-tape. Do I like working with this director? Do I feel like they understand this scene? Do they want to take this character into a, a, an area that I'm interested in sort of exploring? Which sort of just gives you a bit more of the power so you don't feel like this desperate kind of like, please give me the job, please give me yeah. the job. Um, it's it is hard to do that when you do just want a break and want a gig. I have found that really helpful in terms of just trying to empower myself in that process. What about when things aren't going well, like on set? So like the great was obviously a wonderful experience for you, but if there's an experience or you know a theater production or something where it's just like it's not it's not happening, it's not gelling, and then that can obviously then it can deflate like the entire kind of, you know, from stage managers to to everyone on the spectrum that's involved. How then yeah. do you, what advice would you give to someone who's maybe finding themselves in that situation, whether it's happening or not, but if they feel like, oh, this is shit, I've, I've made a shitty decision or this isn't where I want to yeah. be, would you say stick it out and just take the lessons from it? Like how do you think you would handle that situation? I think if ever there are, and oh, God, you know, people, you know, the TV show is so uh, sort of impossible. It's so baffling to me that we ever get anything good at the end of the day, you know, when it's all cut together, because it is even at its best, even with the best people involved, it's such a big ask that everything is to come together at that particular point on that particular day. It's kind of ridiculous that anything is ever you know, that anything yeah. ever does work out and come together. Yeah. So that in itself is a just a fucking miracle. And there are days where, yeah, time pressure, feel really sick. Maybe you just genuinely have the fucking flu yeah. and you're just so unwell and so bummed because all things are going on in your personal life that, yep. you know, and, you, and you're finding it really hard to let go of that and just be in the moment. Certainly I experience, I've experienced that, you know, on several occasions where I've things going on personally have kind of affected, you know, come to work in a way that I didn't want them to and distracted me from the job and illness and stuff can play into that as well. And I yeah. think, um, I don't know. I mean, I think you just have to feel the feelings. It's sort of, you know, yeah. I think you've just got to let yourself. Well, for me, <laughs> If I have a tendency, it's not to feel the feelings. My tendency is to sort of get on with it and get over it really quickly. 
Like Whereas process people, it later. I think, yeah, process it later and then maybe never process it. And just bottle it up. But yeah. yeah, like a bit of a little delay. Oh, I'll just delay that. I'll deal with that later. So that's my tendency. So for me, my advice is feel the feelings. If you're really disappointed, let yourself be really disappointed. It's like I said in my kids all the time. It's like feelings come and feelings go. Yeah. And they do. They're just there to be felt. That's the, the whole fucking point of feelings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is to feel them. And when you feel them, then they, they're like, oh, cool, my work here is done, and they move on. Um, so that's my advice. There are other people that spend way too much time feeling the feelings. <laughs> they need to they need to step into action and letting go and moving on. So I, it's just such a personal thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think you just have to manage it. I will ask this question, though. I feel like my 20-year-old yeah. self would be remiss of me. Can you give me like a little dish on Nicholas Holt? Like, what's he really like? You know, we know what mainstream media is like. Is he just a dreamboat yeah. in oh, real life? Yeah. Uh, he's a total dreamboat. He's a total dreamboat. He's such a generous. Yeah, um, that's what I meant. Not his looks. I meant like his his essence. Like, what is he like? Yeah. Oh, I mean, he's also incredibly good looking. Although, weird saying that because he's like it's weird. It's I am. Well, like he's related sort of a, to you on the show. <laughs> or yeah. something. Yeah, feels a bit strange. No, he's just a dreamboat. He he's really generous. And, Let's bring that um, word back. I don't know. <laughs> he's really playful, you know, like in in an acting sense. That's good on set, I think, uh, to have that energy. Yeah. Yeah, he's really kind of he's really kind of free, free with it, mm. um, which is really great to be around because it kind yeah. of puts you in, more in that frame of mind yourself. Mm. And you know, like you just sort of like I said before, you know, with people of such talent, you just kind of rise to the occasion or hope to uh yeah no he's just he's just lovely he's the sweetest I don't know what the word is he just seems really normal and decent like I really like was drawn when I watched skins that changed my life in many different ways but like I just was so drawn to his character and how and then ever everything he's done ever since has been really like even like at Renfield like his comedic stuff it's just, it must be, it's really nice to watch trajectories of people, I guess, like you've grown up watching yeah. on the screen, which sounds There's wacky. something very gentle about him, I think. Like mm. there's something really gentle about his energy mm. um, that's very open and kind of honest and, yeah, yeah, he's a good egg. I like him a lot. All right. Well, my 20-year-old self has asked that question now and I'm sure a few of my other friends were probably wanting to get a little bit of an inside <laughs> scoop. But... <laughs> So do you have anything in the pipeline, anything lined up? Well, I've just uh, written and directed a, a short film, so I'm just going to enter that everywhere and yes. see what happens. See how it goes. So that's exciting. And I'm writing a TV show uh, and pitching that around. Well, I'm not at the moment, although I will be this week. Um, I need to learn how to do so, pitching. Not that yeah, I'm part of the WGA, no. but it just felt like you know, the, in solidarity I'm not doing any yeah. of that. So that's, uh, I'll be pitching that around and maybe awesome. that'll get up. That's a half hour comedy. I'm doing some auditions and I'm just doing crafty little projects. And what type of craft do we do? Like, oh, I do like uh, macrame really? and I do like um, collage yeah. stuff and I do a bit of writing. Yeah. I just wanted to thank you so much for coming on and talking all things. I think you're very wise. It was so lovely. It was it was really special. So thank you very much for taking the time. Oh, pleasure, Jen. Thanks for having me. It was a lovely chat. 
it just those yeah. costumes that you had on I don't even know how you got them on so <laughs> I would have been exhausted. it's really huge really huge undertaking what about going and to also- the toilet yeah someone said to me the other day that um because I had to pick my football team, very important, obviously, now that mm-hmm. I live down here, that Sydney's like the pretty girl who's never had to work hard at her personality and that Melbourne's really <laughs> had to. I was like, that's me. That's, I could really relate to that. I was like, that's me. That's me. That's me. I know, <laughs> so, but you know what's weird about that? I totally identify with that. And what's weird <laughs> about that is I actually found it, I actually found it harder living in Melbourne than Sydney. Because in Melbourne, there were all these like, you know, hipsters and cool little indie artists. Cool guys. (laughs) Yeah, who who were right up my alley. Yeah. And so I felt this kind of weird um, pressure to kind of, I don't know, keep up or not keep up, but like I spent a lot of time wondering about like what should I wear to this event and what should I, you know. Whereas in Sydney, it's like, oh, the coolness that you guys subscribe to it's not something I find cool so I don't even have like we're not even talking the same language so I can just be myself and yeah and it's ignored and that's kind of quite a nice space to be in whereas in Melbourne I was a bit like oh god all these people are so cool yeah (laughs) exactly intimidating 